welcome to the World We Live In podcast. I'm your host, Eric Patterson. Alongside me is my sister, Erin. Join us as we explore the amazing, mysterious aspects of our planet's cultures, history, and future trends. Yo, what up? What's up? How was your fourth? You know, it was great. Yeah? Uh, yep, one of my favorite holidays. Always, um, always. Yeah, it was crazy here in Nashville. I know you got to escape it a I little did. bit. 350,000 people on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Yep, it was, um, it was wild. <laughs> and it continued on for days after. Oh, yeah. Yeah, easily. I still feel like there's a lot of people here. And now it's like four days removed from the yeah, holiday. But I was driving back from working out, and obviously there's multiple routes I could have taken. But the one I took today was... It went like across Broadway, um, and it took me like ten minutes to cross the street. And I was like, "Why did I take this route?" I do that all the time. Yeah, I said there had to be better routes I could have taken, but yeah, here I am. Um, you had a little vacation though. I did. I went to Hawaii. Yep. To Maui. Nice. Which was great. Got to see more of the world we live in. Of course. I'm sure we should do a show just on Hawaii. Oh, Hawaii's got some weird folklore and stuff. I know the um they got like a, a bunch of stories about little little people. Mm-hmm. Um like dwarf type humanoid um individuals. I think it's called like the Minahuni or maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong, but okay. it's some yeah, some um like small human. Well, that could yeah. be fun. That we'll, we'll definitely do that. We'll have to do that, yeah. but yeah, it was amazing. Long trip though. Glad I oh, made it. Yeah. Glad I made it home safe. And you were only there for four days. It's a quick four trip days. to go to Hawaii. It was. I yeah, it was hard to recover from it. Yeah. But we did and then had a good fourth. So what about your fourth? Yeah, we um my girlfriend and I went to well, obviously, you know my girlfriend's name, but I don't want to. But say everyone her name. else, I don't want to say yeah. anyone on the show. It's not important. Um, <laughs> my girlfriend and I went to yeah, back home in Indiana, back home again in Indiana, back home again, <laughs> <laughs> and we went to fireworks. Um, you know, in the town where we grew up, small town fireworks, small town fireworks. Gotta love it. It was packed, and I felt like I was in high school. So mm-hmm. mixed emotions. Sounds about there. right. <laughs> mixed yeah. emotions. Yeah, and we. Yes, pulled out a blanket. Uh, Mom and dad dropped us off. So, again, felt like I was in in high school. school. And, um, and yeah, just uh, brought some drinks, even though we weren't supposed to. (laughs) They were like, um, they were like, please, no drinking. Uh, (laughs) And we were like, oops. Well, (laughs) I mean, it was dark. No one. No one knows. No one was walking around, but the par- um, all the parents there had to oh, be drinking. Oh, for sure. There were a bunch of red solo cups, so you can imagine. <laughs> they tried. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it was awesome. Grilled out, you know, typical corn, mac and cheese, all the yeah, all the good stuff. I think next year is going to have to be a Midwestern Fourth of July. Oh yeah. For me, because it's just not the same. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to like. This is not because of the pandemic, but I just don't want to be around a ton of people anymore. Yeah. Like, unless it's, like, a special event, which I'm not saying the 4th isn't special, but unless it's, like, something I'm personally celebrating. Involved in. I don't want to be around a ton of 
mm-hmm. a ton of people. I mean, yeah, my friend and I, when they were out and about on the 4th, were just, we were, like, talking to our Uber drivers and all that, yeah. and they were just like, like, this is the craziest 4th of July. <laughs> At, like, cars were just not moving. Like, yeah. we had to walk, like, two miles. Yeah. We were just like, let us out of the car. Like, but yeah. they were all on the same boat, just saying. It was one for the books, for sure. Yeah, I mean, understandably so. Um, well, cool. Uh, yeah, I did check. I checked the Minahuni thing, and yeah, they're a, a mythical dwarf people. Oh wow! Yeah, so well, we'll have to do that. Yeah, we have to for sure. Stay tuned, everyone. Yeah, stay tuned. Uh, okay, well, so I I'm a, Aaron's gonna go first on the stories, and then I'll finish off with mine. But I will be getting into some phone calls from the dead, and that's literally what they are. That's not Aaron was. A little confused and I was like no like that is what they are so some of them are like mm-hmm. very simple um, but there's a couple more complex ones but um, so I'll be doing that and I think Aaron's got some Midwest yes yeah, speaking of the Midwest yeah. I just missed it so much <laughs> this fourth I have to to bring it back of course so it's kind of just all over the place but a lot of good stuff That's fine. so it's what we usually do yeah I mean, can't mess it up too bad, I don't think. No. You brought me back, so. I did, yes. Um, <laughs> so, to start, the title of the article is The Prehistoric Treasure in the Fields of Indiana. Oh, that's a good one. So, yes, so it was in Mount Vernon, Indiana. Okay. Uh, so, you know. Yeah. You've heard of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess in 1988, some workers were building a road through there, and... I guess they, like, were doing some drilling or whatnot, and they just, like, drilled into the ground, and a bunch of, like, gold and silver-looking stuff, like, just flew out. Oh. So they were like, okay. And so, you know, their little worker guys, like, ran over and yeah, was yeah. like, what is going on? And basically, once they researched it, gave it to some people, uh, the Indiana, what is, which museum was it? Yeah, just the Indiana State Museum. Okay. Um, they... They started studying it and whatnot. So basically, these people are called the Hopewell people. Um, throughout Mount Vernon and turns out a lot of states in the Midwest, there's just these like sectioned off areas where there's just a ton of mounds. Yeah. Have you I've heard, heard of, this? of this? Yeah, yeah. Very briefly, I used to listen to um, a, a guy who was really into like North American ancient civilization. Okay. And yeah, I, I just thought, yeah, this is familiar. Yes. Okay. And this one, I guess, is just a little more interesting than, not that they're all not, yeah, but than yeah. the average, like, native people, um, because they are not a tribe. There's no written record yeah. of them being, like, a specified tribe. Okay. But instead, it's more of just, like, what they say in this article um, is a way of life that yeah. these people lived. Uh-huh. So... Really wild, but they get a bunch of people out here to, like, investigate it and whatever. And basically these mounds at this point are now under, like, cornfields. So when you're looking at, like, the cornfield, like, you can't really tell necessarily. Yeah. But once you, like, if you were to walk into the cornfield, you would be able to tell. Mm. But they said in this specific area there was 20, maybe more mounds. And they were said they were all built for different purposes. Now you probably are guessing, like, burials or... Yeah. You know, those type of things. Um, 
but this is now called the fields are called the man hopewell site basically because the farmer who now owns the land that is his name gotcha. man okay. so they named it after him okay. um so it's about 500 acres and this is said to be in the eastern and midwestern u.s between ad 100 and 500 okay um so how these archaeologists described this was that it was like vegas for them there was so much stuff that they couldn't even, like, they didn't know what to pick up, any of that. No strippers? No strippers, I don't think. Damn. We don't know. We don't know. They yeah. might have left that out. Yeah, they, don't, they probably would. <laughs> but, yeah, so about a little over a decade ago is when all this stuff was, like, donated to the State Museum. Okay. Over 40,000 artifacts found in these burials. Good Lord. Mm-hmm. And now they're... I believe they're continually on display um, in Evansville, Indiana. Okay. Um, wow. And this is the first, like, that's the only time they've been displayed, and that's where you have to go to see them. Yeah. Which probably still wouldn't get me to go to Evansville, but. Um, yeah, probably not. But is probably <laughs> one of the main attractions. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, so, yeah, it's just really interesting. And the craziest part about this that I thought was some of the things they found in these mounds are, for example, not uh midwestern at all mm. um it says there were some exotic materials um like obsidian glass that's been traced to yellowstone valley in mm. wyoming and grizzly bear teeth the sharp ones mm -hmm. what are they called uh like the canine the inciser incisor yeah 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 those were with these people slash just in the mounds alone so it's really okay. interesting wow they think it was sort of like a you had to go out there and bring something back yeah, yeah. in order to be considered like part of it. Like to like a rite of passage that you're good enough. Yeah, yeah. So really interesting. I mean. Wow. You know the, that Indiana doesn't have any of that. So that's just really interesting. Um, but yeah, it's just crazy. And like there's these huge like wooden post things that they said looked like Stonehenge, but like not, but the same idea. So really interesting. Um, but yeah, just interesting to be just in the middle of the country like that, having things from all the way out there forever ago. It's just really, really wild. But like I said, these little mound areas are all over the Midwest. So I'm sure wherever you hail from, you can find some. Yeah, I, so obviously I said that was familiar. Um, the Mississippian culture is also a name Okay. associated with like, um, yeah, this high level of sophistication that was around the Mississippi River Valley. And it says Southern Illinois near present-day St. Louis, Missouri. Yeah. So. Very close. Um, but yeah, there's these, there's mounds all over the place. Um, this is a little later. This is 1,000 to 1,500. Okay. So, um, but yeah, um, it, it's, this, this topic fascinates me because, we like to think that um, our ancient ancestors were just like bumbling idiots mm -hmm. and just like didn't like they just like hunted and made stone tools and like right didn't do anything yeah but there was actually a uh, as they as they start to find more and more about the artifacts they are realizing that there was a lot of intertrading yeah yeah. And obviously fighting and all that, but... Um, Always more connected than 
it seems, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, I even read, I've read this book, 1177 BC, which was about the downfall of the Bronze Age civilization, I believe. Mm -hmm. I can't get all the ages correct, but basically the Mediterranean, it was like the Egyptians, the Phoenicians, all these different cultures, and then there was like some plague and this and that, and everything just got completely wiped out. Wow. Yeah, and then, so there was like, because they found these shipwrecks in the in the Mediterranean Ocean, and they were just like, there were like tablets going that were sent from one king to another king, and like just massive amounts of gold and this and that. But the sh- these ships sank, and so they and obviously when things are in the bottom of the ocean, I mean they're pretty much pretty well preserved. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so there was just like tons of gold, and but yeah, if you're interested in any of that old uh, archaeology, um, eleven seventy seven BC is a good one. And he might have even written an updated book because I read that probably six years ago. Wow. Yeah. So it might be updated by now. Um, I know. I think towards the end of the book, he even said that that he was going to write an updated. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah, there's so much information, um, so much information out there. I know Mexico has, Mexico's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like, you obviously know the Aztecs and the Mayans, but there's, like, the Olmecs, and there's even one called the Zapotec, which I've never heard of. Mm -hmm. Um, small time frame, but there's all these, um, all these different civilizations. Yeah, and I feel like sometimes on the surface it's not the most intriguing. Yeah. But not like, you know, Bigfoot or aliens. For sure, yeah. But then you're like, that's actually really crazy. Yeah, I think it's, um, I think on the surface it's not that intriguing because if no one, if, if the archaeologists haven't pieced together anything, then it's right. like. It's just a bunch of scattered pieces. Yeah, we don't, we, yeah. there's nothing here. And mm-hmm. the archaeologists could be wrong. Right. I mean, they're probably not because they're probably not that far off, but you're never going to know the whole story. Yeah. I mean, they can piece together as much as they can, but, um, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. That was good. Thank you. Yes. Yep. I did enjoy that. Um, so have you heard of the Great Mystery Plague of the Midwest? What year? 1811. Um, no, I've not. So I just, my experience with the earthquake was I didn't, was not bothered by it apparently. When I was in like second grade. Oh yeah, I was laying on the couch. Yes. It was like 10 seconds maybe. Right. That was my experience. I didn't even know it happened. Yeah. Um, But then from there on out, we had earthquake drills all the time at school. Of course. So I'm blaming this story I'm about to tell you on all this. So yes, 1811 in December... Um, at approximately 2.15 a.m., it says, Mm -hmm. there was a horrible earthquake that they can sort of guess was a 7.5 to 7.9. So this originated in northeastern Arkansas. Okay. And it was felt as far away as New York, uh, Boston, Ohio, Massachusetts, and Montreal. Wow. Um, And it was just the beginning. Obviously, you have the aftershocks and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So, for the next, like, 24 hours, it just kept jolting these people. 
Um, and then, yeah, so this was happening. Actually, more earthquakes kept happening until March of 1812, so like four months after this. It was just an insane amount of earthquakes. Um, and one even got to an 8.8. Like back to back. Yeah. Jeez. Like they hadn't had one for so long. And yeah. then, then just a bunch come in. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, yeah, it said it created like new waterfalls that are like still around today. Um, okay. Like <clears throat> new geysers, all this type wow. of stuff. And it wasn't just the earthquakes because later down in the article, they do talk to, uh, I don't know, what we call people who study earthquakes. Um, geologists or maybe, maybe seismologists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. And she was just talking about how it's not. It wouldn't be uncommon that this happened, but the weird side effects that came with it. So they talk about a foul-smelling smog. Okay. Um, weird, like screeching, just eerie noises. Sounded like people. Mm. Um. Let's see. Oh, yeah. It said that people couldn't breathe. Like, it felt like they were, like, like it was, their throat was closing up or, like, they were having, like, an allergic reaction, I guess. Okay. Um, and there were just, like, bright flashes of light, like, out of nowhere, like, coming from the sky. Oh, yeah. There's a – I think there's a, a name for that. It's called – um. Oh, yeah. Um, seism, seismoluminescence. Okay. Is okay. apparently what it says. Yeah. Um. Which I guess they said is not super weird. Yeah, but no, you I put it all it, together. It's a naturally occurring phenomenon. Yeah. yeah. I mean, people back in the 1800s were probably like, oh, yeah. <laughs> What's happening? Ah, yeah. yeah. But one of the accounts from it talks about how the cries of the fowls and beasts of every species, the crackling of trees falling, and the roaring of the Mississippi. Like, what a picture. <laughs> First of all. Can we talk about how dramatic old I know. literature is? Like, people are so dramatic <laughs> these days, but the literature back in the day was so dramatic. Truly incredible. Oh my god. Yeah. So dramatic. So funny. The cries of the beasts. <laughs> it's like, you mean, like the, what you mean the raccoons? Yeah. yeah. You mean the deer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Apparently, um... The place where this happened in Arkansas was, like, a culmination of, like, hundreds of, like, tectonic plate lines. Wow. So it wasn't so weird, I guess, that it happened. They didn't know that, obviously. Consi- yeah, and considering the time it happened, yeah. I'm sure it was just wild. But, um, yeah, it's crazy. But since, like, the documented earthquakes up until that point were, like, zero. Okay. Um. Which I guess is normal. I don't know. Like, I guess they wouldn't document them super, like... Yeah, I mean, well, and I mean, I mean, it was 1811. I mean, people had probably been yeah. here for, or not people, um, Europeans had probably only been here for 100 years. Right. Trappers, fur trappers, stuff like that. Right. So, I mean, I, I assume the Native Americans experienced... A lot. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it said this... Um, it's called the Real Foot Rift, and it's said that these this area formed between 70 million, 700 million, and 540 million years ago, and this, I feel like you'll be right up your alley, because mm-hmm. you know, like, weird land masses and stuff mm-hmm. from forever ago. 
Rodinia. Have you heard of this? I've not heard of Rodinia. I haven't either. But I guess that was a long, long time ago. Okay. Like, really long ago. Um, it's when that supercontinent broke apart and split. And then it just, like, continued to weaken and whatever. Okay. And that's that's where it came from. Apparently, now it's uh, now it's where Arkansas is. So. Wow. Okay. <laughs> go Arkansas. Enough, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Super interesting. Um, and apparently now it's, um, since 1974, there's a up to 45% greater chance of a magnitude six or greater earthquake within that area in the next 50 years. So, and we're, we're coming up on 50 years since 19, you know? Yeah. So that's like the, um, that's like the, I think it's under Yellowstone. Oh yes. There's just like a volcano that is just literally (laughs) waiting to explode. That's freaky. Oh, it's scary. It's scary. Um, I don't know when it was. Maybe a couple years ago, they talked about it on Rogan, mm-hmm. and I was just like, "If that happens, like the whole Western United States mm-hmm. will literally be under smoke." Mm-hmm. It's scary, and that's what they were talking about in this article about if another earthquake like that happened where it did. The amount of people that populate that area now, like thinking like Arkansas to the east, yeah. Like, that's a lot of cities. A lot of cities, And yeah. the the lady talking was, like, she's at the University of Memphis. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, you know, the whole state of Tennessee, like, Illinois, Indiana. So, would be bad. Yeah, earthquakes are, earthquakes are freaking scary because, I mean, look, you can see a, you can see a tornado coming, you can see a hurricane coming, you can see wildfires coming. Earthquakes, you cannot see coming. Nope. It is all underneath us, and we have no control over it. No. And it doesn't care. Yeah, it does not at all. Nope. Mother Nature stops for she no man. She doesn't care. No. Mm-mm. No. Man. So, that's something to think about. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, for sure. <laughs> now to what I feel like is more uh, typical of you on this, this podcast. A little weirdness. A little weirdness. Love it, love it. The best beast of the Midwest. The best beast. Yep. Wow. And let me tell you, I read The Beast from everywhere around the U.S., and I have to say, we are superior. And they're a little weirder, so it makes me like wonder what we're smoking up there. <laughs> but I guess there's not much going on, so you got to do something. I heard of this. I heard of this new one uh, the other week. It's called the Not Deer. N O T Deer. Uh, okay. And it's uh-huh. like a deer, but it's not. So it's a Not like Deer. A half human, half deer. You know? Just weird shit, like hybrid type of stuff. Like Narnia type stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, yep. Well, I would not be surprised. Okay, who knows? You know? Mm-hmm. I'm, well, at the, I'm at the point where there's so much unexplored wilderness that I think literally anything you can come up with in your head might exist. It really <laughs> might. I don't think anything's off limits. They're finding new bugs and um I was it was like a spider or a snake someone found just found was in like some forested region, I don't know where, but they found in probably obviously southern hemisphere. Yeah. Humid, humid place, but yeah, they just came upon a new snake. That's crazy. Like, how does what? that yeah. I mean, I know how it happens, but yeah. it's just like... It's just mind-boggling. It is. Man. Well, what I hope no one does ever come upon is yeah. this frog man. Mm. 
That sounds creepy. Yeah, and it's in Ohio. Okay. Is where the reports come from. Ohio's got a lot of cryptids. Mm -hmm. They got a lot of cryptids. I just love the description of this sighting because it's just ridiculous. It says it was in 1955 from from a man, comma, an unnamed man. Okay. Who claims he saw three of these creatures by the side of the road while changing a flat tire. Oh. And they said everyone was like, no. Until, like, a policeman also saw the same thing 17 years later. And he said that this frog-like creature stood on two legs, stared at the back, stared back at the police officer, and then ran over the guardrail and, like, hopped over it. Oh, gosh. And then it jumped into the uh, Little Miami River in Ohio. So then they were like, no, you're also crazy. But then... (laughs) Another police officer also saw the same thing, and a farmer also saw this when he was um, looking at his field. So I mean, multiple eyewitnesses. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I can't. I thought it said how big this thing was, but I mean, if it hopped over the guardrail, like like it, it was in ab- substantial size. It was an abnormally large frog. Like yeah. it was like a monster. Yeah, monster frog. Yeah. Wow. Um. Let's see. What was the other one? Oh yes. Snapping turtles. Oh, jeez. We love a snapping turtle. Well, uh, turtle man. Turtle man. Turtle man on, um, was it Animal Planet? or? It was Animal Planet, I think. Turtle man could handle this, I have no question. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That dude could handle anything. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Um, so this was in Indiana, actually. It's a town north of Fort Wayne. I looked it up. It's, uh, Churubusco. Okay. Uh, just, like, northwest of Fort Wayne, so up there. Right up near Michigan. Mm Mm-hmm. So it makes sense, I guess. Yeah. Um... They said it's a 500-pound alligator snapping turtle. Holy cow. Uh-huh. Holy cow. Um, so these snapping turtles are normally huge. Like, oh, they're massive, yeah. They said typically, like, it's less than 300 pounds, but somewhere around there. Like, they're yeah. really big. Oh, yeah. Um, there was an actual one. I guess it's not actual. I guess story. Same deal. In okay. Kansas, they said it weighed 405, but people swear this thing weighs 500 pounds. So, don't know. Yikes. Um, but, you know, they do live to be, like, super old. So, I guess you got time to get big. I mean, yeah. I mean, turtles are, I think, some of the oldest reptiles on the planet. Mm-hmm. But it's called the Beast of Busco for the Cherubusco. Beast of, oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Um, my favorite. My favorite the Ozark Howler. Mm, yes, I've heard of this. Yes, yep, mm-hmm. of course. So the Ozark Mountains, Missouri, yep. obviously. Yep. Um, it says it's a giant cat, but has like horns. Is like the size of a bear. Wow. Okay. Um, the Ozarks, man, freaky. I don't care. We- no, they are weird. It's um, I I think it's like similar to the like the. Blue Ridge Mountains in, yeah. in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know something's out there, whether it's some wild animal or just some crazy person. Right. Just because there's so much land. In this case, both, I think. It probably. Yep. Yeah. Um, not a ton of detail on that one, but the picture, which we'll put up so you yeah. all can see, is just outrageous. Um, then the last one has a singular horn. Okay. Um, is uh, lurking in the deep waters of Alkali Lake, which is 
Nebraska. Nebraska, okay. So, okay. Um, the mid-Midwest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I guess it just... One horn. Uh, and apparently its head resembles like an alligator. Um, Whoa. What's so, it called? Alkali Lake Monster. Okay, classic. Yep. But first spotted in 1922. Um, and I guess it just let out some horrible like roar sound. Yes. And they were like... Gotta go. And then that was it. <laughs> but I also would have got to go after I that. Mean, yeah. Um but they said the people were sixty feet away, so pretty close. Pretty close. Dang. Probably terrified about that. Oh but yeah. Yeah, just just Man. love those. Some There's, of them I believe. Like the snapping turtle I believe. Oh, snapping turtle, one hundred percent. Which is why I liked it, because it's yeah. like definitely have not in person, but have seen pictures of those that are huge. So. Oh, they're massive. Yeah, Snapping Turtle, um, probably the Alkali Lake Monster, um, probably the, I don't know, I believe it all, honestly. <laughs> I know. They're just great. Yeah. Such good. good stuff. Good stuff. Wow. Okay. But now I need to hear about people calling you from- Yeah. Let's get some phone calls yeah. from the dead. Um, <laughs> so yeah, as I stated earlier, um, it is, it is what it sounds like, um, and- it's actually not obviously not super common but like people will get these random phone calls um and they'll just be no one on the other end of the line and or there's like the worst to me is the heavy breathing Oh. There's like the other end of the line. And 100%. And the thing about that, and I was thinking about this as I was as I was uh, looking up, obviously, the stories for the, um, for the podcast. Like, no one does that. No one just sits on the other end of the line breathing into the phone. No, like, if you're going to mess with someone, like, you're going to either immediately hang up or, like, say something yeah. stupid or... Yeah, no one like, does that. Or yeah, or even like even like spam phone calls. Like it's not no one just calls you and then breathes into the phone. Mm -hmm. Like there's some automated bullshit message or yeah. someone uh, someone talks. You know, no one's no it's no one ever's breathe no one's ever is breathing into the phone. Right. That's just like that's that's not good. No, that's creepy mm -mm. stuff. So having said that, um, I got about six or seven stories here that some are longer, some are shorter. So, um, so this first one. Just jump right into it. Um, Sit back and relax, everybody. Yeah, exactly. Uh, says, and these are all from Reddit. Okay, so anonymous. Awesome source, yeah. though. Oh, incredible content on Reddit. I tried to find some. I don't even know what I was looking up today, and it took me to Reddit, and I was like, I cannot deal with this right now. Yeah, you can. You can, that might be the easiest place to go down a rabbit hole. Absolutely. Um, so this says, when my best friend was murdered, I had multiple calls from her number. Right after she died, I figured this out by comparing notes with the friend that survived and telling her what I saw when and when the call came through. And some of these are stream of consciousness, so just bear with me. There was only a whisper on the other end. I couldn't tell exactly what the voice said, but it sounded like, help her. It was about 30 minutes to an hour before I was supposed to start calling the police to send help if they didn't return. 
if her friends didn't right i was so freaked out i called a close friend and told her she asked what my gut instinct said to do to follow that and call her back after i called the cops after the police showed up i could hear them telling the murderer to sit down and the murderer saying he didn't mean to I was later told that there is no cell signal up there and that getting that call would be impossible, but I heard it clearly. The day after she was murdered, I got a call from her number and so did her husband, a friend of the family, and her sister. Occasionally, we would get calls from her number until about a week after her funeral. The phone was in evidence with the battery removed. <laughs> yeah. So that obviously is a very intense example. Not all of them are that intense. But well, I loved it. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, a phone cannot operate without a battery. No. Or service. Yeah, or service. <laughs> so something something was happening there. Um, okay. So brief background. I work for a company that answers phones and takes messages for businesses when they're closed, out to lunch, after hours, etc. Mm -hmm. We answer for a variety of companies in different fields, including funeral homes. This situation has happened twice that I have talked to the person myself on the phone and a few other times as well. And I think it's very interesting and thought maybe it would warrant, warrant discussion here. So the first time it happened... I took the message from this lady whose mother had passed recently. Body was already picked up and dressed at the funeral parlor. Visitation was scheduled for the following day. She calls and is weeping and asks if her mother's phone is still in her jacket pocket because they just got a call from her number. I end up dispatching the call parentheses, calling the director to deliver, to deliver the message verbally, and he says that he'll call her. But the body is in the casket, and the casket is closed, waiting in their parlor. I say, wow, weird. And he kind of chuckles and says, this is in all caps, this kind of thing happens more often than you would think. Oh, it is, no. <laughs> it has been a year or more since that call, and I... Oh, sorry. It has been a year or more since that call, and I just yesterday got another call similar for another funeral home, and other people I work with have had the same types of stories. Just wanted to give some outside opinions because it's interesting and creepy at the same time. Well. I mean, here's the other thing. So I know a lot of, for lack of a better term, ghost hunters mm -hmm. or like people who go into haunted places, mm -hmm. even with um, uh, alien uh, type of abductions or s visitations or sightings, the electronic equipment just it stops working. Right. There's just it doesn't work. Like flashlights going out, phones dying. Yeah. Video recorders, full batteries, just getting the battery wiped. So I don't know if it's it's there's definitely something happening whether it's electronic interference or this like other side that has some sort of disruption to our modern technology. Mhm. Mm so it yes, there 100% a relationship yeah. between 
that. But it's weird that it's like the flip side of it's like now the thing now it's disconnected. It's no battery, but it works. Yes, exactly. Instead of yeah. them going in somewhere and it, it cuts off all wide. use. Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. Yeah, it makes you think if like there's an intention behind, um, if there's intention behind the other side, right? Like the debt, like obviously this person mm-hmm. has passed away, and obviously we have no idea, but maybe there's some middle ground where there's still, the spirit is still there and it's waiting to like fully pass over. Right. I don't know. It's just crazy. killing time. Yeah, <laughs> just wasting time. <laughs> Hanging okay. out. Um. So this says, my dad passed away in 2016. This is very short. Okay. My dad passed away in 2016. I had his phone after he died, but I'd taken his SIM card out and put mine in, and so his was left in my bedroom at home. Anyway, I was walking to work, and my phone started ringing, and it was his number, and it still said, Dad, on the caller ID. I was freaked out, but I answered it, and all I heard was breathing. Mm-mm, mm-mm. And then he hung up. I was really frightened, and I phoned my sisters to ask if it was them, but they'd said they'd gotten the same call. Spooky stuff. I kind of got chills. Uh, yeah, that one's weird. On that one. That one's weird. Um, obviously not a lot of context there, but like... So so the guy... Yeah. So he... Um, so his, his dad's phone his, was just at home. Yeah, his dad's just, phone... Okay. He'd taken his SIM card out and put his in, and it was left in his bedroom. That's so a, it wasn't even his dad's SIM card. That's what I'm. That's important because it still yeah. showed up as as his dad. As dad, exactly. Even though that, yeah, wow, that's weird. Uh huh. Mm. Okay, this one is not. Um, so obviously, Reddit threads, you know, ton of people commenting, yeah, or whatever. This one is not exactly um, phone calls, but I felt that this was good enough to put in here. Yeah. Just because it's a good one. So it goes, I got a story from my great-great-grandfather. It's not a phone call exactly, but, you know, phones on Victorian era weren't that common. My great-great-grandfather was ill for a while, and everyone in the family expected that he would die that night. So they have been gathered at his household, giving company and comfort to the wife. With almost all family gathered at the living room, their children in their 20s, brothers and sisters-in-law and cousins too, waiting for their turn to visit him upstairs. They saw him coming down the stairs as if nothing happened to him. They'd seen him as clear as day, walking towards the group and touching everyone on their shoulders as it was his signature salute. They remained in silence. They would say they were afraid of nothing. The group stayed ecstatic by about a minute whilst the figure passed through the living room door without opening it. They started moving again after a big bang resounded from every corner of the house. Minutes later, the doctor showed up announcing to them that the man just passed. After that incident, three members of the family, two daughters and the only son became medium and one of them made her living out of it and remained as the black ship of the family I think she meant black sheep had to but who knows <laughs> of the family until now 
She alleged in her memoirs that her father's voice sounded through the curtains of his room every time a spirit wanted her assistance. I have seen the manuscript just once as my grandmother burnt it to ashes when I found it when I was nine. My mom told me the story and she is not a believer. She is a psychiatrist and she says the whole thing is a way to deal with their parents' death, that's all. Something like mass hysteria. She says it is very common and it is happening to a large group of people with imagination while experiencing thrilling events as it helps to deal with it. Although, I'd rather to believe it was my relative's ghost. Wow. Yeah. I have heard a lot of stories where it's like mass groups of people experiencing mm. the same thing. I think after a traumatic. I think that probably does happen in some cases. It, yeah, I do too. But I also think that is not always what's happening. No, I mean you can't. Obviously, you can't mark up that. You can't say that for everything that has ever happened. Mm-hmm. I mean that's just idiotic. Um. But who knows? I mean mediums and mediumship is i think something that does exist Mm -hmm. do i think there are charlatans out there for sure i -hmm. think there are people that you know fake things and are just good at reading people and whatnot but right i do think there's something to it i mean if she made her living out of it you would hope that she wasn't just bsing the whole thing exactly i heard a story once of a girl who didn't know she was a young girl didn't know she was a medium and (coughs) Her, she was in her bedroom one night and she was laying down and a voice told her to move. Uh-huh. And then like five or something, ten minutes later, a car just came smashing no. through her window where her bed was and would have killed her. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Okay, a couple more. Um, my grandfather died in February 1996. Sorry, my grandmother. I don't know if I said grandfather. I think I did. You did. (laughs) My grandmother died in February 1996. She outlived my grandfather, who died in 1989. After her death, my father handled having her utilities disconnected, and the home and farm were sold pretty quickly in 1999. I was running my family's newly opened business that was in town about 120 miles north of where my grandparents were from and are buried. One day when the phone rang, I couldn't believe what I saw on the caller ID. It showed that the call was coming from my grandparents' long disconnected phone number, and my grandfather's name was also displayed. When I answered, there was no one on the line. Come on. So, I mean, does it say long disconnected phone number? I'm assuming there was a landline. Yes, that's what I was thinking, Uh, I mean, it sounds like from where they were living, home and farm, and the... The time. The years, mm-hmm. 96, 89, like, cell phones were not that prevalent back then. No. And so, it had to have been a landline. Yeah. Okay. Wow. This last one says, my grandfather died in nineteen se- in the 1970s following a massive heart attack. He was in intensive care in the hospital, and my mother, aunt, and grandmother were waiting on word at home. The phone rang, and it was nothing but static. My grandmother hung up moments later. The hospital called and said he just passed. 
Could it be a coincidence? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it could, but the fact that it was just static mm-hmm. and no one, like I said, usually there's someone on the other end of the line. Right. The breathing and static and just nothing there is yeah. what is weird. It is. Which even, yeah, even when you pick up a phone call, like, it's never just static, I feel like. Never. Never. Not anymore. No, not anymore. Um, that was in the 70s. I mean, I guess. I don't know. Again, it's, it's short stories and not a lot of context, but. That one's the least. Yeah, that one's the least. Odd, but it's still odd. Yeah, still very odd. Um, so, yeah. That's where we're at. Reddit, man. Reddit is a wild place. I mean, mm-hmm. There's so many stories on here. Wow. I think the one about the disconnected number, like the second to last one or third to last the one. The SIM card one? Well, that no, that oh, one okay. and like the 1996 oh, one yes. where they like sold the farm or yeah, whatever. That, farm, those yeah. two are really interesting. Yeah. yeah. I don't think I've ever... I've had friends like tell me they've had experiences of like their grandparents that have passed away. Like one of my friends said they were just like listening to music, like laying in bed. Yeah. And like all of a sudden they just felt like they're like, I wasn't levitating, but I just felt so light and I could just like hear my grandmother talking to me. Oh wow. Like heard her talk to me. And I'm just like, that is freaky. Like that is freaky. I've had our like grandpa who passed away yeah. in, yeah. I mean, what's it been now? Like a little over a year. A little over a year. Yeah. Like in dreams. Oh, for sure. And I wake up and it creeps me out. Man, I could talk about dreams for like I know five hours. Um, yeah, I've had that too. I had one the other week where he was in it, and I was like, "What are you doing here? Yeah, like you're not like you shouldn't be here, right?" And then, um, do you remember your? I don't. I doubt you talk to her anymore. But you remember her, your old friend that her dad um, went to India, contracted some yes. disease, and died. He was in. Also, that was very strange. Very we strange can talk about that later, but that was very weird. Um, he was in one of my dreams, and I was like, like I don't even know you that well. Yeah, <laughs> it's so random. That is so weird. Um, yeah, that was strange. Um, yeah, those are. I really. I we haven't really had. A, we haven't really experienced a lot of death. Mm-mm. But um, yeah, those are really the only. Yeah, I mean, I just can't imagine something like you, like the phone calls happening, because I know it creeps me out enough when like he's in my dream. Yeah. Oh no, I know. I would probably, I would probably miss it honestly, because if you I don't would. recognize the number, I don't know, I don't answer it. Yeah. Um, Same. But now I might. I, I know I might now. I might have to answer every phone call. Yeah. But, wow. Yeah, strange stuff. Um, I think my favorite is probably the Victorian era one, just because I love the, I love the Victorian era. Yeah. It has a sweet spot in my heart for some reason. Some reason. I don't know why. Not sure why. It probably sucked <laughs> to live in unless you had a lot of money. Yeah. But <laughs> I agree. I agree. Okay. Well, that's all I got. Same. Yeah. I think I think some of our next topics are gonna be uh dreams. Dreams. Hawaiian um, little people. Yeah, the Minahuni for sure. Um, dreams, Minahuni. Um 
I want to do. I probably we'll probably do a conspiracy theory or two. Ooh. Um. And I had a couple others that I was thinking mm-hmm. about, but I can't remember off the top of my head. So, um. Yeah, we uh, had a great time. We did. Always enjoy it. Um, you can find me on Twitter at World We Live In Pod. I'm sorry, World We Live Pod. Um, you can also catch me on Parareality Radio um, with Sandman. Just search him on Google, uh, any of the podcast sites. Um, you'll be able to find him. And I'm co-hosting over there. And, again, follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, anywhere you find uh, podcasts, any of the big sites, I should say. Um, and, yeah, rate and review. Tell us what you think. Tell us how great we are. Tell us how great we are. Give us some, uh, give us some kudos. Yeah. Give us a pat on the back. Yep. Always, always need that. Blow up the ego. <laughs> Yellow ego boost, five star. <laughs> Much appreciated. Um, other than that, y'all, we will uh, see you next time. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course.